Church in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Our devotion today comes from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and that by any means possible I may attain resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Jesus Christ has made me his own. You know, I got buried in the papers back in late February. We were already talking about the virus, but a remarkable shaper of American life recently died. And I've been thinking a lot about it lately. I'm talking about Cy Sperling, the founder and president of the Hair Club for Men. Now they just call it Hair Club because, you know, they dropped the for men part because anyone can join, but you have to remember Cy Sperling. In the late 80s and early 90s, Sperling was a fixture on late night TV ads, and the advertisements were simple and direct. Sperling would look straight into the camera, he would say a memorized speech, and the end of the advertisement, he would end it with his famous tagline. Do you remember what it is? My name is Cy Sperling. I'm not just the president of Hair Club for Men, I'm also a client. And then he would hold up a photo of his previously dour-faced, bald head in contrast to his very real, hair club-renewed, luscious head of hair that he was currently wearing. He died back in February at the age of 78. Now, why in the world am I telling you about Hair Club for Men in this very famous and worthwhile reading from Philippians chapter 3? Um, it's because, well, I cut my own hair recently and it looks terrible. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. No, it, it is true that I cut my hair and it looks terrible, but that's not why I'm talking about this particular um, uh, pop culture reference. The reason I'm telling you about Cy Sperling is because I'm in love with this concept of being the president and the client. Um, it has profound, deep theological implications. St. Paul's vision of suffering in our reading today gets at the heart of what theologians call the Incarnation. God was not just the president of the universe who set it up and told us how to run it and walked away. He is more than just a CEO or a founder or, or some other head honcho at the top. God was also a client of this world. He's not just the president, he is a client. He lived it and experienced it to the fullest. Even to go so far, as to experience a brutal execution and death. One might say that Jesus Christ was not just the creator of the world, see John chapter 1 for that. He's not just the creator of the world, he's not just the boss of the world, um, but he experienced the world and is the redeemer of the world. 
that Jesus Christ is both the president and the client. And St. Paul looks upon this great mystery, the mystery of the Incarnation, and says this, If the life of the creator of the world is marked by suffering, then that's what I want for myself. If the president of the world does things a certain way, says St. Paul, well, that's good enough for me. And so if the president of the world, if Jesus Christ is willing to suffer and go through every injustice and die on the cross a brutal, uh, terrible death, well then it's okay if the clients suffer. It means we're doing something right. If this is how the president behaves in the world, then if we as clients behave the same way, we must be doing something right. And so if God's path through life on earth was marked by suffering and hardship, and the result was the resurrection of the dead, St. Paul makes the logical leap for himself. Jesus trusted his heavenly father enough to know that the hardest of sufferings and the specter of death would be unable to separate him from his divine love. And it's what St. Paul wants for himself as he's in jail. It's what he wants for the church in Philippi undergoing persecution. He wants us all to see that the creator of the world live a life that climaxed in suffering. That if the God of the universe can undergo suffering, if Jesus Christ can undergo suffering, then it means suffering actually isn't that bad. It's not the end of the story anyway. And not only that, it's not just that bad, but when we suffer and when we struggle in this world, we are mimicking the path that God has made for us to follow. And so during this time of Corona where we can't touch and be physically close to each other, during this time when people around us are getting sick and and they're dying, we should not view suffering as evil and as hard as it is as totally unredemptive. St. Paul says that it's his suffering, it's the suffering that he's undergone as a Christian that is the evidence that he is going to heaven and that he will experience the resurrection of the dead. And I think the same can be true for us, that if the God of the universe took on human form and lived a life that was defined by his final suffering, we too can suffer and have hope for the future, hope for a very specific future marked by the resurrection of the dead. Epiphany Church in Ligonier, Pennsylvania.